In the midst of this global crisis, the voices for justice are revealing what really matters. It is time for Planetary Makeover. Here we feature solutions and modern miracles in documentary videos that offer hope for our future and remind us all of our spiritual source. Long ago it was forecast that at this time in history, extraordinary teachers, including the world teacher, would emerge to help us as we build a world that works for everyone. Now, here's your host of Planetary Makeover, Mr. David Minot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another enlightening episode of Planetary Makeover. We're pleased and privileged to once again welcome our old friend Dick Larson back to the show. And it will be another lovely, inspiring, and profound video where he's discussing the brilliant ways we will transcend the current world crisis. That in itself sounds fascinating, doesn't it? You can't help but be drawn in by the topical, germane, and utterly relevant subject matter. But first, as always, let us state that here at Planetary Makeover, we're not here to convince you of anything. We simply ask you to consider what we put forth with an open mind. And our subject is a new world, a new civilization based on sharing, trust, equality, justice, sharing. Did I say sharing? Yes, sharing. Brotherhood, peace, synthesis, and love. I mentioned sharing twice because that's part of the message of the group of enlightened human beings that's going to help us form this new civilization. And more about that later. What we want to do in this process is preserve the best of the old while embracing the best of the new. And as I hinted, we assert that humanity is not alone in this process. We have help of an extraordinary kind, which will inspire us to transform these seemingly impossible futures into a real, actual reality. Now, how are we going to do that? How will that happen? Well, this is how. Believe it or not, there are perfected human beings that have worked with humanity in the past, in the distant past, over 98,000 years ago, whom, ironically, humanity sent packing. But they kept watch over us all these centuries and millennia, inspiring and influencing man from behind the scenes without infringing upon his free will. And now they are returning. Usually they work through intermediaries, but this time, for the first time in a long time, they're coming as themselves. And that individual is known as the world teacher, and his group is the masters of wisdom. And they have been predicted, as you may have guessed, by all the major world's religions for thousands of years. But these figures coming today are not religious figures, but rather spiritual teachers in the broadest sense. And since they have been predicted, you probably want to review what some of those names have been. Those include the Messiah for the Jews, the Imam Mati for the Muslims, the Kalki Avatar for the Hindus, the Christ for the Christians, and, saving this the best for last, Maitreya by the Buddhists. Yep, they got the name right. That's the name of the New World Teacher. Maitreya, and coming with his group, the Masters of Wisdom. 
Now, as I said, these are spiritual teachers in the broadest sense, here for everyone. Everyone from the most ardent fundamentalist to the most dyed-in-the-wool atheist. And even though these groups probably won't embrace them or believe in them, it doesn't matter to the masters. They love everyone. And they're not looking to create followers or believers or to found a new religion. And they belong to the people. They are not beholden to any religious, governmental, or philosophical institutions. And this is considered, as a bonus, the most important event in mankind's long history. As I said, they love all, everyone, without exception, unconditionally. Now, Maitreya is an avatar who's wielding energies in combinations that may have never been seen on this planet before. This is in part because he himself is overshadowed by even greater avatars. The avatar of peace and equilibrium, of synthesis, and a third energy for which we as yet have no accurate name, though it might be referred to in a sort of spiritual slang as unstoppable will. How does that grab you? Now, the masters are helping both humanity and the planet enter this new age, which is known as the Age of Aquarius, which may make some of you chuckle thinking of that song from the 60s, the Age of Aquarius, from the musical Hair. If you recall, in that song, they talked about the dawning of the Age of Aquarius, which I guess you could say the 60s were, even though the Age of Aquarius didn't really begin till approximately the year 2000. But the important thing to remember is that these ages don't last 25 or 50 years. They're approximately 2,150 years each. We have come out of the age of Pisces and are going into the age of Aquarius. And Dick will talk about that more in greater detail than will I. And you can learn more then. All I will say about that further is that when you think of the astrological aspect of Pisces and Aquarius, even though these ages are astronomical events, not astrological, each astrological sign has a two-word moniker. For Pisces, it's I believe. For Aquarius, it's I know. So we're entering into an age of knowledge. And that's another reason why the masters are coming forth as themselves. In this age, people need solid evidence and proof, not just belief to go on, not any longer. It's a different world 2,000 years later. Now, writings about Maitreya and the masters, as well as their own writings, are meant to stimulate our minds and our intuition. Just reading or listening to it is transformative in a way that does not interfere with our free will, which is sacrosanct to the masters. This subject, which is vast in scope, includes more than just the masters and is known generally as the ageless wisdom teaching, which Dick will also touch upon. Some of those writers include Madame Blavatsky in the late 19th century, Helena Roderick taking us into the 20th century, Alice Bailey, mid-20th century, and most recently, author, artist, and esotericist Benjamin Krem, who Dick will also mention. Now, let's talk a little bit about our guest, Dick Larson.
Dick, is a counselor with a background in education who addresses the issues of meditation and practical spirituality. He has been a guest on radio talk shows nationwide, co-hosted a nationwide radio program, and produced and hosted a series of public access television shows that again air around the nation. Dick gives public lectures on the Ageless Wisdom teaching and their relationship to what is happening in the world today. His message is one of great hope for our future. And it's important to know, too, that Dick was the original host of Planetary Makeover and a founding member of the Planetary Makeover team. And you can, and we can, look forward to more appearances by Mr. Larson on Planetary Makeover going forward. And you can view past Dick Larson shows on our website, www planetary.makeover or planetarymakeover.org rather let me get it straight and on our Facebook page hashtag planetary makeover and after the video we can discuss more what Ben has revealed to us through his writings as well as Blavatsky and Bailey and Dick Larson's take on all of this. So having said that, let me present the video. Enjoy, and I'll see you again after it's concluded. Hi, glad you could join me. My name is Dick Larson. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California, USA. And we're going to talk today about an amazing opportunity for everyone on this planet who's old enough to understand um, that isn't general knowledge out there in the world yet. So... People ask me for my sources. I have my notes here, so I don't leave anything out. People ask me for my sources, so let's do that right away at the top here. Uh, my source is something called the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. The Ageless Wisdom is an ancient philosophy, a living philosophy, as old as humanity. It's been passed down by word of mouth over the ages, and then lately in writing, the last two teachers of the Ageless Wisdom have been a woman named Alice A. Bailey, uh, who wrote about 20 books in the 1930s and 40s, and Benjamin Krem, spelled C-R-E-M-E. It looks like Krem, but it's pronounced Krem, who has written about 17 books. They're available on Amazon.com. I'm not here to sell books, but if you want to check them out, you're welcome to do that. Benjamin Krem was the latest revealer of the Ageless Wisdom. I knew Benjamin Krem. He lived in London. I knew Benjamin Krem and um, worked with him for a while. And he is the primary source for my information. And then people always say, well, where does Benjamin Krem get his information? So I'll tell you. Benjamin Krem was taught how to be in contact with one of the ascended masters, the masters of wisdom, these great beings um, that make up our spiritual kingdom. He was taught how to be in contact with one of these great masters. And that's where he received his information. So the shorthand for that is he received his information directly from the spiritual universe, uh, the spiritual world. Um, and he didn't get it by channeling, which is a, um, an emotional uh, kind of, I see I've got to admit people here. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I had to do that all the time. Um, so, he didn't do it by channeling, he did it by mental telepathy, which is much, much more accurate. And that's where Benjamin Krem got his information. So the source of my information is the Ageless Wisdom teachings, and in particular, Benjamin Krem. Um, I usually ask two things. Oh, by the way, Benjamin Krem was an artist, and you can see my lithograph of one of his paintings here behind me called Meditation, 
which is about the focal points, uh, among other things, shows the focal points of meditation and energy uh, that we can use. Um, let's see. A couple things I ask of my viewers and listeners. Number one, please don't believe a word I say. <laughs> that would be blind belief, and I can't recommend that to anybody. So I'm not here to convince you that what I say is true. I'm not here to get you to think like I think. I'm not here to argue or debate. I'm, I'm here to give up my information. And if 10 or 20 or 30% of it makes sense to you, I'll be very happy with that. Um, and if it doesn't, I apologize for wasting your time. I don't think I would be wasting your time or I wouldn't bother to do this. Obviously, I'm 100% convinced that what I have to say based on my life experiences, that what I have to say is true, or I wouldn't be doing this. The second thing I ask of my listeners, we all have built up a belief system. I'm going to ask you to keep an open mind. Now, that can be challenging, easier said than done. We all build up our belief system and our convictions over a lifetime, and we hold those pretty dear to ourselves. So I'm going to ask you to just crack the window open. If this is new to you, I'm going to ask you to just crack the window open a little bit and let some of my information in. Um, it's information that Benjamin Krem traveled the world for 40 years without any pay, giving out this information, and I'm going to give some of it today. But I'm asking you to just kind of let it settle in your lap like a brick. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to argue with it. You don't have to disagree. You don't have to agree. Just let it. Just let the information in, and see how it how it develops for you. So those are the two things I ask. Don't believe me, and keep an open mind. One of the reasons that keeping an open mind is challenging when I talk about this stuff is because some of what I'm going to talk about is prophecy. And the problem with prophecy is you can't show it to anybody. You can't prove it to anybody. So I can't demonstrate some of the prophecy that I'm going to be talking about. We just have to, we just have to wait and see what happens. Um, but if I'm right, and I think I am, um, this is going to happen pretty soon, a few years at the most. So if you're in reasonable health at all, you're going to be around for what I'm going to be talking about. Um, the world has many crises today, a ton of them. And we're going to talk a little more about how that happens and why that is. But one of the main crises in the world today, according to the Masters of Wisdom, who I'll, who I'll explain, one of the main crises in the world is a spiritual crisis. The Masters say that we have forgotten who we are. We've forgotten that we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spirits having a human experience. We're spirits, we're sacred, we're divine, we're holy. Now, we all have a spark, a big spark of God in us. Christians call it the soul. And that makes us divine. Now, we can't always act holy. We can't always act divine. Some of the great beings that went before us, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, you know, those, those people could act holy because that's basically what they were. And they were evolved enough to be able to demonstrate it in the world. You and I, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> we're demonstrating our divinity to the extent that we can. But we need to not forget that we are divine. We need to be reminded. And that's what's going to be happening very, very soon. Humanity is going to be reminded who we really are. There's a spiritual aspect to every part of life if we would just let it shine. Work can be spiritual. Family certainly can be spiritual. Government can be spiritual. Finance can be spiritual. Education can be. Every aspect of life can be spiritual if we will treat it that way. And it comes from us. We need to remember that we are sacred, that we are divine. You know, these great masters, these great beings I'm going to talk about, are perfected human beings. They've gone through evolution ahead of us, through human evolution, lifetime after lifetime, thousands of lifetimes. And each time the soul takes a body, it picks up where we left off in our evolutionary development. So we learn and grow, 
and ultimately become perfected human beings. That's what these great beings have done. And they've become perfected human beings, and so they've learned all the lessons that planet Earth has to teach. And once you've learned all the lessons planet Earth has to teach, you become a permanent consciousness, a permanent member of the spiritual kingdom. And that's what these masters are. They're called many things. They're called the masters of the wisdom. They're called the ascended masters. They're called the lords of compassion. They're called the spiritual hierarchy. Hierarchy means different levels. Well, just like us humans are evolving at different levels, that's what makes the world go around. So the spiritual kingdom, the members of the spiritual kingdom are at different levels of evolution too. Evolution never stops. We never stop learning and growing. So it's called, also called the spiritual hierarchy. There were 63 of these great beings that have hung around planet Earth, because you don't have to. You can go on other paths once you become a perfected human being, once you become a master. There are 63 of these great beings that have hung around planet Earth, and we know some of them as Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is one of the great masters now. Joan of Arc is one of the great masters. Confucius, I already said. These, these beings that we know have gone through human evolution, become perfected human beings, and are now members of the spiritual kingdom. Before the next 2,000 years are over, there will be over 40 of these great beings walking amongst humanity, giving us suggestions, teaching us, guiding us, and we're going to talk more about that. Every 2,250 years or so, we reach a new era, a new age, we call it. I'll tell you how that happens. It's astronomy. It's not astrology like in, in newspapers and magazines for entertainment. It's astronomy. It's the movement of heavenly bodies throughout cosmos. Our sun and our solar system and our planet are in the middle of 12 great constellations that we call the zodiac. And periodically, we come into alignment as a planet. We come into alignment with each of these constellations one at a time. Now, if you were to go to an astronomer, they, would, they call this the precession of the equinox. That's what the scientists call it. We call it new ages. So for the last 2,000 years, we have been in alignment with the great constellation Pisces. And when we're in alignment with one of these constellations, we say, we are in the age of whatever that constellation is. So for the last 2,000 years, we've been in alignment with Pisces, and these constellations have powerful energies. And we've been receiving the energies of Pisces. The, the two primary energies of Pisces are individuality. Man has come out of the herd in the last 2,000 years. And dedication to an ideal. And it's dedication to the ideal of freedom that saved the world in World War II. So, Piscean energy has done its job. We are now independent individuals with our own, our own convictions and our own beliefs and our own thoughts and actions. We're powerful. We're powerful individuals now. That's the individuality part of it. The problem is it creates separation because we each have our own ideals. We each have our own beliefs. And, and we're sure that ours are the one. They're right. <laughs> so it's caused tremendous separation. I mean, in America, the Republican Party has never been farther from the Democratic Party. They've never been farther apart. The Christian religion alone has over 150 different groups, different sects. There's Lutherans and Episcopalians and Protestants and um, Roman Catholics and um, on and on and on and on. So it's caused tremendous separation. Well, those energies from Pisces um, have been pounding this planet for 2,000 years. Now, in 1625, they started to recede. We started to move out of alignment with Pisces and into alignment with the next great constellation, which is Aquarius. So we are entering the age of Aquarius. We're moving from Pisces to Aquarius. And when you do that, you're crisscrossing energies because Aquarian energy is very different from Piscean energy. You're crisscrossing energies, and when that happens, there's chaos on the planet, crises on the planet, and we're in the middle of it right now. It's a difficult time on planet Earth. 
What are the two primary energies of Aquarius? They're very different than Pisces. They're cooperation and synthesis. Cooperation and synthesis. And so now what's going to happen is we're going to take that powerful individuals, the powerful individuals built under Pisces, and we're going to get them to work together as a group. And then that group contains tremendous energy and the backing, the support of Aquarian energy. And so groups are, are huge now. That's why people marching in the streets could save the healthcare in America because Aquarian energy supports group action. So we're into the age of Aquarius. We started receiving Aquarian energy in 1675. And so we're about halfway through the, the crossover now. It's a difficult transition time, very difficult transition that we're going through now. Well, when we start a new age, we get a great teacher sent to bring the teachings or the revelation that humanity is ready for. You know that old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, the teacher that came to inaugurate the age of Pisces was Jesus. And, you know, the symbol for Pisces is the fish. So there's all these fish analogies in the Christian Bible. I'll make you fishers of men. He, he fed the crowd with fish and so on and so forth. There's two symbols for Christianity. One is the cross and one is the fish. And a lot of Christians don't know why it's the fish. Well, this is why. Because he was the teacher who, for the age of Pisces. Um, so now it's 2,000 years later. We're entering the age of Aquarius it's time for another teacher. And that teacher is who we're going to be talking about um, a lot. Let me see what I don't want to leave anything out here. Okay, this teacher is here now in a physical body on the planet, waiting for the best time to come forward when he can get the attention of most of humanity. That's his plan. Now, humanity has free will, so his plan might change, but that's his plan that we know, that my information says through Benjamin Krem that that's his plan. So he is here now, waiting for the right time to come forward. These masters, by the way, are in the mountain and desert regions of the world. That's where they live. They, they're not up in heaven somewhere. They're here on the planet, but they're in areas where they don't have to deal with smog and pollution and noise pollution and all that stuff that we've got going on here on the planet. They don't have to be distracted by all of that. Now, they can be in physical bodies or not in physical bodies. Some are in physical bodies, like the world teacher, who is the teacher for the age of Aquarius. His personal name is Maitreya. Like, my name is Dick. His name is Maitreya. Maitreya in Sanskrit means the happy one, the one who brings joy, the joyful one. He is the teacher for the age of Aquarius. Now, why is this event unique? I promised I would tell you that. It's unique because the age-old way for a teacher to give out his information, to give out his or her teachings, is through a very, very advanced disciple. And the disciple agrees before he is born, agrees to give out the teachings of this great master. And then I'll give you an example. Prince Gautama. Prince Gautama agreed with the Buddha before he was born to give out the teachings of the Buddha. So when Prince Gautama became of age, became an adult, the Buddha overshadowed Prince Gautama. Now this is a word that's used in the ageless wisdom, overshadowing. It's also in the Christian Bible. It means the same thing both places. It means that the Buddha put his consciousness, with Prince Gautama's permission, put his consciousness in Prince Gautama. So when Prince Gautama taught, he was giving out the Buddha's teachings. So he became known as Gautama Buddha. He wasn't the Buddha, but he was giving the Buddha's teachings. He taught like the Buddha. Same thing happened with Jesus. Jesus, who was one of the great, great, great masters now, Jesus, before he was born, agreed with Maitreya, who is the Christ for our planet. Christians, hang in there. Hang in there. I'm going to explain this. But Christ is a position in the spiritual hierarchy. 
It's not anybody's last name. Jesus' last name wasn't Christ. Back then, people were known by their name and where they came from. So he was Jesus of Nazareth. Well, the Christ for our planet, which not every planet has a Christ, is a very advanced individual in our spiritual kingdom, the leader of the masters. He, uh, he and Jesus agreed that Jesus would give out his teachings, the teachings of the Christ. So when Jesus became of age, actually it happened when he was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. From then until the crucifixion, those three years of his primary teaching, Jesus gave out the teachings of the Christ. How did he do that? He did that because Maitreya, the world teacher, the Christ, put his consciousness, with Jesus' permission, in Jesus. Part of his consciousness. In Jesus. So when Jesus spoke, it was as if the Christ was speaking, and Jesus became known as Jesus the Christ. That's the age-old way for masters to give out their teaching to humanity. Well, it's different this time. This is why it's unique. This time, the teacher is coming himself. The master of all the masters, Maitreya, the world teacher, the Christ for planet Earth, is coming himself. He made his own physical body. He's in it now. He made his own physical body. It was very challenging and very difficult to make, as I understand it. Imagine this. He's the Christ. That means he embodies the love of God in his being. He had to make a body that could, that could contain that incredible energy and still not zap you to death when he shook your hand. So it took him a while to make this body. As I understand it, it's a male body, about six foot three. Um, and his base of operations is in London, in the outskirts of London. Um, and the masters travel by thought. So he can appear in 42 places at once if he wants to. And he'll, he'll appear to be a real solid physical person in all 42 places or whatever. That's how the masters travel. I mean, I can't even wrap my brain around this. <laughs> but, it's, but my understanding is, and I have no reason to doubt it, that that's absolutely true. His base of operations is London. But he's not coming alone. There are 14 masters in the world right now in major cities of the world. There's one in Rome, in the outskirts of Rome. That master is Jesus. Jesus is back, not at the end of the world. It's not going to be the end of the world. The Aegis Wisdom says that each planet has millions and millions of years of life before it becomes a perfected planet. How does it become a perfect planet? Because the people on it become perfect. Well, humanity has got a long way to go until we become perfect human beings and have learned all the lessons that planet Earth has to teach us. We're just over halfway through the life of our planet, according to the ageless wisdom. So the end of the world is nowhere near. You can relax <laughs> if you've been worried about that. Okay, so he's the teacher for this age. He's coming forward in a physical body that he made. He can't be killed. He doesn't need to eat or sleep. He works 24 hours a day. He can appear wherever he wants to. And Jesus is in the outskirts of Rome. Now, I understand that the Pope and a couple of cardinals around the Pope know that Jesus is here. They've been asked not to say anything. Why? Because if the Pope said Jesus was here, every Roman Catholic and a lot of Christians in the world would believe it just because the Pope said so, not because they'd actually experienced Jesus in their life. That's an infringement of humanity's free will. And none of the masters will ever infringe our free will. It's sacred. They would never force us to do anything. Free will is one of the ways we learn and grow. We make choices with our free will, and then we learn from our choices. The goal isn't to choose correctly every time. The goal is to always learn from our choice. We can learn from a wise choice we can learn from a poor choice but the goal is always to learn so we don't make the same poor choice over and over and over you know so we progress we learn and grow benjamin krem said that the, the royal road to spiritual growth is service and meditation and free will makes that possible so free will is sacred the masters will never make us do anything so that's why this event is unique, because he's here himself. I mean, we can't imagine the power and the love of a being like 
Maitreya, the world teacher. And yet he's going to be with humanity at the center of humanity for the next 2,000 years. He doesn't come to start a new religion. He says, if you're in a religion and it's working for you, great. If you're not, I come for you too. I come for everybody. Welcome back. Dick Larson packed an awful lot into that short video, didn't he? My goodness. Well, I had to take notes, like Dick does, just to cram in all that information and to reflect on it along with you. Now you can see how Dick went into greater detail with his source, the Aegis Wisdom Teaching, and and all the writers I spoke of. And speaking of which, think about Benjamin Krem, how he said he was an artist. And look, I've got the same print that Dick has in his place. Meditation by Benjamin Krem. We could have a show just on his esoteric art and I think we need to do that in the near future. And it, I found it really instructive and fascinating how Dick posited how we can handle this information while it's still theoretical, as it will be to much of our audience, and how you can slowly digest or not this information because dense and deep as it is, it takes time. And if it's worthwhile, it takes time. So take all the time that you need. Perhaps revisit it in the near future. Check out some of the books and we'll mention some of those too before the end. And take it from there. Reject it if it doesn't resonate with you. Embrace it if it does. And share what you've learned with others. And speaking of what we learned, let's go back to some of what Dick covered. He mentioned how we're all divine and everything is spiritual and should be treated so. Everything we do should be spiritual, whether it be work, Politics, of course, politics is work too, but I was thinking of our regular workforce and not politicians. Art, science, architecture, everything, and the way we handle the environment, because everything is divine and everything is spiritual. And when mankind acknowledges and embraces that, we'll have a much better world. Dick also noted how we're all brothers and that the Masters of Wisdom are our brothers, our elder brothers who've gone before us in development. They're sort of us 100 or 200 years from now. We'll get there. And he pointed that out. Mr. Larson did, that all of us will eventually get to the point that the masters today are at. You never stop evolving, you never stop growing, and neither do they. He also explained channeling versus mental overshadowing. And I don't know about you, but before I discovered this material, I read an awful lot of gobbledygook channel material that was not terribly deep, and sometimes confusing, and often more wordy than the information I ended up getting from Blavatsky and Roadrich and Bailey and Ben, and from Maitreya himself. And I enjoyed, too, how Dick went into history and mentioned some famous characters that we all recognize who are now masters. 
and think of a few that he didn't. For instance, Abraham Lincoln, who I think Ben has said is channeling his energy through the Lincoln Memorial and is still doing work in Washington, albeit behind the scenes. And that once Maitreya emerges, that one by one the masters will also emerge, including the master that was Abraham Lincoln and the master who was Jesus of Nazareth. One thing that Ben had mentioned that I know Dick touched upon but didn't mention specifically is that some Christians who are most accustomed to the figure of Jesus will not accept Maitreya as the world teacher. They'll think of him more as Jesus' lieutenant. And Bennett said that he didn't think Maitreya would mind because their message is the same. So perhaps for the rest of this lifetime, for those Christians, they will follow the Master Jesus and not Maitreya, thinking of Jesus as the world teacher. And that is fine. Also, he had clarified, Dick had clarified, not the Master Jesus, the astronomical aspect of this whole event and the angle of it, which can be confusing sometimes. But what's great about it is that any scientist can verify for you that the planet is indeed becoming oriented towards the constellation of Aquarius. If you try to run by the astrological aspect of it, they probably won't be as receptive, but they don't need to be. And wasn't it interesting too how Dick outlined the emergence of idealism and individuality, how 2,000 years ago there was little of either, and now we take it for granted. And him mentioning too and asking us if we had considered how divine we are and have become. Do we think of ourselves as divine? So often people think of ourselves down here and God is out there somewhere, God transcendent. But divinity is imminent, you know, within as well as transcendent. And that's something that needs to be emphasized in this age, that people realize, as Dick pointed out, that we are a spark of the divine, that we are part of God, that when I see all of you and listen to you, as opposed to listening to myself, I'm listening to God with a small g, because all of you are a spark of that divinity. And then Dick also went into the whole concept of groups and their activities, and how the age of Aquarius is all about groups, that that energy will be coming through groups and not so much through individuals. This is an age of groups rather than of leaders. You've probably all heard the phrase or seen the bumper sticker that says, when the people lead, the leaders will follow. A very Aquarian comment and bumper sticker. And he mentioned too how there's a new teacher for, for each age. How many of us knew that we were entering a new age? And how many of us knew that a teacher would accompany that new age and era for humanity? Isn't that exciting? Doesn't that give you hope? When you think that we won't be told what to do, we won't be ordered around, but we will be given advice freely, if we ask for it, for our perfected brethren. And if we're smart, we'll listen to it because they have a lot more experience than we do. And by listening and acting upon that information, that wisdom, we can grow too. 
lifetime after lifetime until we too are masters of wisdom. And I was pleased too when, again, Dick gave us examples of past student teachers. You think of Gautama, Prince Gautama, and the Buddha. And you think of Jesus and Maitreya. Now, these may be concepts that not everyone is prepared to accept at this time, and that's perfectly all right, because the masters don't need for you to accept their information without question. And they're not expecting you to hang on their every word or mention them with bated breath and believe everything they say. They want you to test it for yourself. And also another part that I found captivating was when Dick mentioned how the masters can bi-locate, bi-locate, tri-let, locate, a thousand times locate, that they can break their consciousness into so many pieces and be seen all around the globe. Perhaps while they're resting in a retreat somewhere, one of their retreats, and meanwhile, these familiars, fragments of themselves that they have endowed with a piece of their consciousness, are walking the streets of the world and meeting people and helping people, saving people, inspiring people, just like you and me. And when I say saving, I don't mean that in the religious sense, but they are often, perhaps always, present at natural calamities, storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, floods, car accidents, all the rest of it, constantly assisting and saving humanities. And then he also mentioned Maitreya's light body and how much work that was to create and to adjust both to the dense physical world and to interacting with us. All this time that I've been studying this, some 20 years, I hadn't thought that much about how much work it was for Maitreya to create and regulate that light body, which if you see, looks like an ordinary body. You can walk up to him, give you a hug, shake your hand, talk to you, and it looks and feels like an ordinary body, but he's giving off extraordinary energy. And that you can sense, I imagine, from quite a distance. And as I mentioned before, Dick mentioned how Christians may respond to the reemergence of Jesus. And of course, Jesus will give signs and proof to show us all that he is who he claims to be. And that will be a great comfort to millions, if not a billion, I don't know how many there are in the world, Christians who are practicing today. And, and also the evolution of a planet that um, Dick mentioned, how if it's, when its people become perfect, the planet does. I thought that was a beautiful way of putting it. And that's what we're all evolving towards, perfectionment, so to speak. I'm not sure if that's a word or not, but we can use it here. And how the masters frequently show up on the streets of the world looking like one of us, so as not to infringe upon our free will. Or, you know, to freak us out. They don't want people having coronaries and heart attacks because some extraordinary spiritual being just appeared out of the blue on the street. I'm sure, as I said before, we can look forward to more videos and interactions, perhaps a straight-up interview with Dick Larson. He has an awful lot of wisdom to impart, and we could all benefit from it. Now, in the meantime, you can be sure to follow us on Facebook, hashtag Planetary Makeover, and also at our website, both of which I mentioned, planetarymakeover.org, which you will see in the credits at the end of the show. And there are buttons there to click for both live shows and archives on demand. 
And as you heard me mention, another way to speed up our revolution is through the practice of transmission meditation. And that's a form of world service that you can perform with others, with groups of three or more. And you can read more about that at www.transmissionmeditation.org. And also mentioning the website, when I say live shows, we will be having them in the future. We haven't any yet. Obviously, everything there is taped, recorded, but the live aspect is on its way. We're working on it. And we don't want to go without mentioning how you can get more involved and spread this information with people in your circle and as well as far and wide. You can join a transmission meditation group near you or you can start one up or both. And you can also visit the website www.share-international.us and find out about groups all over the country and get involved. And Ben's books and other media are available at share-ecart.com. That's share-ecart.com, which you will also see in the credits. I'm so glad I was able to share this video and Dick's wisdom with all of you, and we hope to do so again very soon. Thank you for watching. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays, Western Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternational-west.org. That's shareinternational-west.org. For related books and DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, please go to share-ecart.com.